excuse me for my voice, but I have never, never seen anything like it. Hey, Doug, we wanted to hit mailboxes, we could let Ralph drive. Morons, your bus is leaving. Welcome to this Colorado edition of the On the Road Home podcast. This is Ken Crawford reporting to you on the road home from another victory in Berkeley. I was thinking it's been a pretty good year in Berkeley. Most games have been victories. Uh, There was the unfortunate UCLA game, of course. There was the, the very troubling UCLA game. And then there was the Oregon game. But other than that, the Bears have... uh, Acquitted themselves pretty well in Berkeley this year. In any case, quick recap of the game. Bears were gifted a ton of points early. Two pick sixes on Colorado's first two possessions. The Bear offense hadn't even got the ball, and they were up 14-0. Additionally, in the first half, Colorado muffed two punts, giving Cal the ball deep in Colorado territory. One case they came away with a field goal. One case they came away with a touchdown. So more or less they were gift 20 points because if they hadn't punched that touchdown in, it would have been another field goal. Two field goals, two touchdowns gifted to the Bears. uh, And of course they made it for 24 points. Unfortunately, the offense uh, and the defense a little bit seemed to think the game was over at that point. And they slowly let Colorado chip away. They got seven points in the first half, then another 14 in the third quarter to make the score, uh, at that point, 27 to 21, uh, because the Bears had gotten yet another field goal from that time actually mostly driving most of the field. Luckily, the Bears came back, put together their best drive of the game uh, from about their own 40 into the end zone to get a touchdown to go up what would have been 34, uh, but they went for the two-point conversion, so it was 33-21. That was the final score. Lots to talk about in this game. Overall, I'm pretty darn disappointed. You don't get gifted 20 points and then only win by 12 to a team like Colorado. Uh, If the Bears were to play the same game next week against Stanford, they will lose big. I'm hoping that the reason that the game uh, didn't go as well as it should have was because the Bears let off the accelerator when they should have been crushing Colorado's spirits. Colorado was in a place after those first few possessions where if, if the Bears had just kept the pedal down, Colorado would have never gotten back up off the mat. But they let up a little bit. They seemed to not try very hard. And that opened the door. And once the door was open, particularly with that touchdown with the 10 minutes left in the third quarter that made it 14, uh, I think uh, 14-24 at that point, Colorado believed. And the last thing you want with a team that is in an emotional roller coaster like Colorado is, is for them to believe. And sure enough, they played their hearts out for the remainder of the game. Luckily, the Bears finally got their acts together and more or less played a stalemate from that point on. But 
it never should have come to that. This game should have had a score very similar to my prediction, which was, uh, I believe, 37 to 6. That's what the score should have been. But the Bears played so uninspired for most of the game, for the heart of the game, uh, that they ended up with something that, although not terribly close at the end, far too close for comfort. Let's break some things down position by position. Quarterback. Garbers had a horrible game. I don't have the exact statistics in front of me, but if he made 50% of his passes, I'd be amazed. He was missing things left and right. Uh, He just did not have accuracy. He did not have confidence in his reads. And the one thing to his credit is he knows his job is to not lose the game. And and particularly when he's up by as much as as Cal was because of the gifts they were given, he did take some sacks and some... uh, and and some you know zero plays when he could have uh, forced the ball in there, and so he knows his role in that sense is to not make the mistakes that McElwain was making. Uh, but nevertheless, there were plenty of opportunities for him to make connections, plenty of open uh, receivers he missed, both by not throwing the ball to them and also by throwing it to them inaccurately. And by the way, the best way to end up with a lot of interceptions is to throw a lot of inaccurate passes. Something was just not right with Garbers today. I do not know what it was. I'm hoping it was something temporary and simple. But that was by far his worst performance of the entire year. The Bears had less than 100 yards of offense in the first half. It was like 91 yards, 38 pass and 53 run, uh, or maybe vice versa, I don't remember exactly. But it, they were just horrible, horrible numbers. Elsewhere on the offense, offensive line, horrible job from them too. They got pushed around all game by the Colorado defensive line. And I, I don't know enough about them to really know, but all indications are they're not a great defensive line. Colorado is mostly won their games that they've won by outscoring, not by by defensive dominance. So I, I don't know why the Cal offensive line did so poorly against them, but they were manhandled by Colorado. No running holes were opening up until very late in the game. And uh, as a result, uh, Laird had a pretty weak game. His backup had a pretty weak game. Uh, that we played a lot more of Nico, the third stringer uh, today. He had a few moments of uh, inspiration, but overall did not do that well either. Just not a good performance any way you look at it. And to add to that, I was very disappointed with the play calling from the offense. They just kept plugging away at the run. And I know they had this big lead because... Uh, you know, of, of the, all the gifted points early in the game, but you have to mix things up. You, if, particularly if it's just not working, if you tried a few times and you're able to move the ball, running the ball, fine. But it's not happening. They kept getting one and two yards and getting stuffed and three yards and stuffed, and it wasn't working. They needed more diversity. They needed to pass more. They needed to run around the outsides more, and they just kept overly persistently shoving the ball up the middle uh, when their offensive line clearly wasn't getting it done. Very disappointed. And it wasn't again until the fourth quarter where they seemed to start mixing things up. I, 
I'm starting to feel a little bit like Tedford at his worst, when he was just too committed to certain things and, and wouldn't look at what the defenses were doing, they were taking away from him, and would end up with these possessions that uh, just you, you shook your head about, how could we have done that? Because Colorado gifted so many things to the Bears today. There are the points I already mentioned. There was a key uh, roughing the passer penalty, uh, roughing the kicker penalty. There was a uh, a um, a um, uh, roughing the passer. It wasn't roughing the passer. It was just a, a you know he they hit the the quarterback when he was running uh, after he was out of bounds. So it was just a personal foul, unnecessary roughness, but. Again, extended. All of these things were extending tri- drives, giving Cal gifts they didn't deserve. And if even with all of that, they're basically able to put up 13 points the entire game, minus the free gifts from uh, Colorado. It's just not acceptable against a team like Colorado. Maybe against USC. Maybe against. Washington, I can accept that, but against a team like Colorado, who's giving up 30, 40 points a game to most Pac-12's opponents, I'm not saying we have to score 40, but we have to score 25, (laughs) 24, 28, somewhere in that kind of number, and it's just not happening, and I'm a little bit frustrated with the the play calling that's happening. Wide receivers seem to do well. Uh, There was a couple of great catches there. Actually, Wharton really did well. He was doing a great job of getting open when he got the ball. He wasn't just going out of bounds. He was pushing the DB back. In fact, he got a personal uh, foul. He drew one on the opposition because he shoved into him, you know, as he's allowed to do legally when he's in bounds. He pushed through the defender, and the defender was not happy about it and not throw him to the turf twice. Um, <laughs> once to get him down, and the second time to shove him back down, giving the penalty. So... Great job by Wharton. Um, so the wide receivers, now maybe they were running some bad routes. There were some moments where you could see Garbers, you know, talking to them, motioning, making some so- signals that they weren't doing what he was expecting them to do. I did see some moments where it looked pretty obvious they were supposed to sit down in the hole in the zone and they ran past it, closing Garbers' opportunity to throw it to him. There were a few of those passes where it looked it like Garbers was throwing it behind the receiver, but I don't think that was the case. I think the receiver overthrew, overran the hole in the zone, and so Garbers threw it to the hole, and so it looked like you know it was a bad throw. Now there are plenty of bad throws too. I don't want to uh, overpick on one thing, but so that might have been the area where the receivers didn't uh, didn't do well for themselves. Uh, but they did seem when they did catch the ball, they did uh, do a good job with it. And they seem to haul in most of the passes they should haul in. Uh, I'll go to special teams before I go to defense. Great, great punting. <laughs> this was a very good punting performance. Uh, also, the coverage on punting was pretty good. Coverage on kickoffs, they didn't let anything huge go through, but there was some mediocre performances there that I wasn't too impressed with. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, we weren't kicking it into the end zone, which I would have much preferred after seeing how far they were getting upfield after um, the, the, you know, the kicks to the one or two yard line. I would have preferred to see those balls just sail through the end zone and, and let them have it at the 25. Uh, so onto the defense. 
There were good things about the defense, particularly moving into the fourth quarter, but I sure feel like the middle of the game they let off the gas. They definitely seem to be being pushed around by Colorado, which really surprised me. Uh, they, there was a lot of times where there was good push up the middle, and the running back was able to to get some yards that I didn't think he des- you know was naturally going to get with the way this defense has traditionally been playing. So I, I didn't like that. I, I also felt like they could never contain uh, the quarterback Montez running, uh, scrambling. And there was even a moment where they had a spy on him and the, the spy couldn't bring him down and he went for 15, 20 yards. So much of the Colorado offense and fairness to the defense overall was scrambling plays where things you know broke down after um the the play was well defended that's not going to be a big problem against stanford I'm not sure why cal struggled with it so much uh but it was really frustrating to see so many drives get extended by uh, montez running the ball the dbs i think actually were having a little bit more trouble than they should in part because Colorado had some really, really fast guys. Uh, number three was just on fire. That guy could fly. I think his name was Nixon or, or Mixon. Uh, and, and there was a few times where when he got step for step with uh, whichever DB was on him, whether it was Bynum or Hicks, he would just extend and end up, you know, t- uh, you know, two to three yards in front. Luckily, Montez couldn't connect on most of those throws, but uh, there were some times definitely the DBs were beat today just by speed. And um, I don't, again, not a huge problem next week, I don't think, but uh, a little concerning overall. So, just overall, not the best performance. The defense could have shut down Colorado. They didn't. They let them crawl back into the game. The offense never really showed anything interesting, although in fairness to them, there were, as the game wore on, they got into the fourth quarter, they seemed to get some of their mojo back, did score a touchdown, did uh, do a better job of grinding out the clock. Same for the defense. When the pressure was finally on, the defense came up aces and didn't let Colorado score again. So the talent is there the potential is there but they just didn't close the door they did not have that killer instinct in the second and third quarter that they should have had which is frustrating and disappointing but let's look forward now obviously the big game next week very unusual with the air uh, air quality issues causing a cancellation from last week unfortunately i think this helps stanford the more i've thought about it they had more important players who were injured, who have been getting healthy the last couple of weeks. Their offense is clicking more and more, and I'm not seeing that from Cal. I'm not seeing Cal taking those next steps to get better and better. Uh, the defense is still good, uh, no doubt about that, but I think, unfortunately, the Bears are more likely to lose the game next week um, than, than last week. But the big game is always a wild card of a game. It's all about who comes ready to play. Again, I also think with the extra week to prepare and then the UCLA game under their belt, uh, Stanford will be more interested, more ready to give a top-notch performance than they were two weeks ago. 
but Cal's going to be ready to play. They're they're seven and four right now. They they have a shot at eight and four, uh, and and a winning record in conference. They want to end the streak just like they wanted to end the streak against USC. I'm really optimistic we'll get a good performance out of them next week. But they're going to have to play a heck of a lot better than they did today. And I just think the offense needs to take the next step. They haven't yet done it, and it's very disappointing to me. The, the defense is winning the games, but eventually you're going to come up against a team that can score just enough points. No matter how good your defense is, you need your offense to score 20 sometimes. And and when has that happened? <laughs> they haven't. I mean, even in the wins, you know, it's, it's been 10, 13, 10, uh, 12. And these have been numbers have been enough most of the time due to the great defense, but just not the kind of thing that is going to uh, get it done week after week. And I think Stanford's offense and defense is good enough that it's going to take more than 13 offensive points to win the game. They're going to need uh, somewhere in the 24 to 31 offensive points uh, to win this one, I think. Could be wrong. Could be that, you know, 17 to 20 could get it done. uh, But it sure as heck ain't going to be 13. If nothing else, they have to hold on to the ball a whole lot to keep their defense fresh because Stanford's going to play really physical offense, uh, and that's going to be difficult for them to manage if if the offense is constantly handing the ball back to Stanford. So very tough game in front of us. I don't think it's an impossible task, but I also think it's getting tougher, uh, and, and unfortunately... Um, not necessarily in the right way. You know, a few points uh, I overlooked that I'll come back to. Interesting to see Wayne in a few different um, plays as an H-back. That was, I mean, we heard that he might come in playing some other role. It's clear that they have some ideas up their sleeve, uh, maybe passing out of the backfield, things like that. The two plays I remember him in, one was a swing-out pass to him that the receiver blocked the wrong defender, and therefore uh, McElwain was just nailed as soon as he caught the ball in the backfield. So that that wasn't good. The other one did work, though. They kind of swing, they ran him out to the side again, got enough of the defense's attention on him, then, then went the exact opposite way with the ball for a, a good gain of a play. So he was used as a distraction piece. But like so many things, you know, they only work so many times when they're trickery uh, and not fundamentally sound. So, you know, they're not going to be able to pull that all game long uh, with McElwain. But interesting to see that being done. Not sure if they're holding back because they're looking for some opportunities against Stanford that they don't want to reveal quite yet. Um but that was an interesting component uh, in today's game. Also, uh, players who weren't there, you know, we were hoping to get back Conovinoa, didn't play. Um, trying to think of who else, but there was one or two other players that I think we were hoping to get back who didn't come back. Good to see Mo Ways, good to see Wharton at full strength. That was all good. Really would like to have Noah back for the big game. Finally, seniors. Didn't didn't go over this. It's usually a thing I do on the podcast for Senior Day. 
very odd to have a senior day before the last home game, but uh, what are you going to do with what's happened with the air quality issues? Uh, but this, the seniors that we're losing this year, they're smattering everywhere, which is normal. Um, the ones who worry me the most are the offensive line. There's a lot of key offensive linemen who are going, and they've performed reasonably well at times this season. I'm really hoping the young talent that's behind them uh, is going to step up. Uh, from what I understand, there are a few guys there that that have potential, but definitely a lot of losses on the offensive line, and and they weren't that good either. So that's one of those things where it suggests that the guy behind them may not be that good either. Laird, obviously, theoretically a big loss, but I feel optimistic about his backups. I think there's potential there. Uh, obviously, very glad Laird's been with us the last couple years. Loved him as a player, but also I feel opt, uh, good about what's coming in behind him. Wide receivers, another area uh, where there's a few too many guys going for my comfort. Defensively, actually, surprisingly few guys. A couple of defensive linemen, uh, and of course, Kanachik is, is a huge loss. But plenty of other guys coming back, plenty of young talent, a couple of injured guys who hopefully, <laughs> assumably, will be back next year. So not as concerned as a whole on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but for an offense that's already having trouble generating points, not really able to get going to see the offensive line be decimated so thoroughly next year. Ouch. (laughs) I really hope the team is, is looking at, you know, maybe a couple of JC transfers to fill in something uh, because this team is going to need a a real overhaul on the offensive line to be able to compete next year. Other areas to look ahead to bowl game. The Bears are already, you know, guaranteed to be at least four and five in conference, seven and five overall. That's going to put them up the the bull pecking order, particularly since a lot of things broke the way that we'll have fewer Pac-12 teams than, uh, you know, at least a few weeks ago we thought we might have. Colorado's officially out, assuming USC uh, finishes off losing to uh, Notre Dame. They were down 17-10 last time I looked. They're out. Um, the number of teams, uh, and of course, uh, uh, Oregon State, UCLA, all out. Uh, so there's not going. I think there may only be one team that has to go to an at-large bid. I, I don't remember the exact numbers. Particularly now, since there's a reasonable thought that we'll get two teams into the New Year's Day six that. Uh, WSU will go even not as a playoff team, but just in the New Year's Day six, separate from whoever of Utah and Washington uh, go to the Rose Bowl. So that would, um, you know, move one extra slot in there. So I'm hoping that the Bears will get to a reasonable bowl game. But of course, beating Stanford, getting to eight and four and five and four in conference would be huge in that regard. So it really is an important game, not only for ending the streak, uh, for uh, continuing to show that the team's moving in the right direction, for turning this not into just a turnaround season, but a strong season on its own merits. 
very important big game next week. Uh, and, and then the final nail in that value of that is is the bowl pecking order. But even without that win, I think the Bears are going to be not in a total podunk bowl, but a kind of mediocre podunk bowl. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think I've covered most of the bases tonight. I will be doing another on-the-road home podcast after the big game next week. A noon game. Haven't seen one of those in quite a while. That'll be a great joy. And uh, looking forward to it. Let's hope those Bears can can end this streak that's been uh, terrifying us since 2009. Bears can show the tables have turned between Berkeley and Palo Alto. Go Bears! On the road again.